I'm Betsy Foldesmyman, producer of Connectopod. For season three of Changing the Narrative, we're in residence at the Village Family Services Drop-In Center for Homeless Youth in North Hollywood. We're creating Stories of the Tay. Tay, T-A-Y, stands for Transitional Age Youth, and that's considered between the ages of 14 and 25. And they're sharing their experiences in interviews and then creating their own podcast episodes with the help of our guest artists. COVID sucks, and we've had to conduct our program virtually. And though I really miss our group interactions, our workshops, our field trips, our guest artist visits, I've come to really appreciate our one-on-one interviews and getting to know each Tay so personally. Today you'll meet Christopher Martin, and like many of our Tay, he fell into homelessness after a difficult youth. Navigating the world from trauma is a challenge for the strongest. So what happens if you also happen to have social anxiety? There are layers upon layers that create each of us. What makes us who we are? What creates the reality we live in? How we see the world, or how the world sees us? Here is another story of the Tay. Uh, my name is Christopher Martin. So, and how old are you? I'm 20. You're 20. Okay. Yes. And ha- are you housed now or are you homeless uh, now? Yes. Actually, I'm sitting in my apartment right now. Yes. Oh, fantastic. And this is and this is like a temporary one or a, a permanent one for now? I'm part of a program that was supposed to house me for a year. And then, so what I'm trying to do right now is they're trying to get me into a long-term thing, like a five-year program where I'll be just paying 30% of my paycheck when I start working. So that's that's really what I'm kind of working on right now. But you're new to the to the Los Angeles area. Yes, I'm definitely new here. So. Where are you from? Uh, Menifee, yeah. Okay. So. so let's start with when people think of homeless youth, what do you think they think of? Like I know, like you have to be a decent human being and find it sad that they're like that. But Lots of people are judgmental. They they view it as like, oh, you know, they put themselves in that position. How do you think that you fit into that narrative? To be honest, I've struggled in and out of homelessness ever since I was 18. And when I was homeless, I met a lot of nice, kind people, but I've also met a lot of horrible, judgmental, very bad people. Like, it's not like I wanted to become homeless like it's not like it was my choice to give up everything but it's just something that happened right and it's sad because i've always had a heart for homeless people i've always wanted to help since i was young but i never thought that i would be in that position myself well let's back up a little bit how did you fall into homelessness well that's quite a long story i grew up in a very very abusive household. My father was an alcoholic and my mother was a gambler. My older sister, she was always working, always getting money for us so we could actually eat. And I was the one taking care of my two other younger siblings. When I hit 18 on my 18th birthday, that's when I got kicked out. My father came home drunk as hell and he punched me in the face and was all like, not get out, like just leave. So I spent the night at one of my friend's house and in the morning I came back and all my stuff was on the sidewalk in plastic bags. And I was like, well, I have no clue what I'm supposed to do from here. So I was seeing my therapist at the time. So I called him up and was like, hey, you know, 
I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know how I'm going to do this. And he was all like, well, we can get you a into a homeless shelter in Riverside. And that's how my homeless path started. I can't really say that I've had a good life. Most of my life was complete shit. Like, I'm not going to lie. No. Yeah. I'm sorry for your experience. It's, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And what makes me mad is that when I actually came out to people like that I trusted, like the school and my therapist and, you know, I tried talking to my friends and they always wrote it off as like, hey, you know what, like, you're just trying to get attention, you're lying, blah, blah, blah. So, like, I never felt like I could come out to people. So I generally did not trust people from a young age. So, but obviously you're here and you're trusting me now and you're trusting your therapist. So how did you start to change that? Well, when I first became homeless, it was about probably a couple weeks into being homeless. And I actually was going to end it all. Like I was just going to kill myself. And I had a big old knife that I was going to do. I was going to slit my wrists. And nobody would ever know because I wasn't talking to my family. I had no friends. And I was going to this drop-in center on Riverside. I think it was like Stepping Stones or something. And funny because I met this girl that I like fell head over heels for. And I was like, why am I kill myself when she's here? Hmm. And it was, it was, she's technically the one who saved my life. She had no clue. I told her eventually but she was very sweet to me and like she trusted me. And so I guess I wasn't used to people being kind and nice to me. So when she came along, I was like, life does have meaning all along. And, you know, we dated for a year or so broke up and, you know, we're still friends, but I really feel like if I want to get better, if I want to not be, like I am right now, that I need to start trusting people. That's incredibly brave. You have to give yourself like <laughs> some credit for that because it's not easy to do. Um, so that so she this person's still in your life. Yes, she is. Yeah. So she's really sweet, and her backstory is actually worse than mine. <laughs> so, well, actually, I can't say worse, but along with similar. Mm. So I think that's kind of why we get along because we both are empathetic towards each other. Um, so there's the possibility that you helped her out too. Yeah. Oh yeah, I did. I'm, she's told me that several times. So, yeah. Yeah. So then when, so you had no idea that it was coming, that you would be kicked out at 18 and you had no, no, I had no idea I was coming. I was, I played a big part in my siblings role. I would see growing up. I barely skirted by, passing grades because I had to make sure they got to class on time, make sure they did their homework, make sure the lunch was packed, make sure everything was clean. I drove illegally to school them to school every single day because we were very far and it wasn't a safe neighborhood. So we had to drive. And so I learned to drive from a young age without having a license. At, um, at what age would you say you started taking care of your younger siblings? 11. 11. And your older sister, how old was she? She, I think, was 15, 16 at the time she started working. Mm-hmm. And she was caring for y'all. Yeah, she was the... Providing. She, without her, we pr- 
probably wouldn't have survived. So when then you left at 18, right? Where did you go? Yeah. So what happened was my mother was in a particularly good mood. And since it was my father, they kicked me out. So the counselor contacted her to ask me to give give her me a ride over to Riverside. So she drove me to the homeless shelter and just was like, hey, you know what? Good luck. Have a nice life. And just kicked me out. Wow. And keep in mind that these aren't actually my real parents. They're not. I'm adopted. Yes. They adopted, did they adopt all of you, all four of you? No, my older sister was the only one who was their real child. So wow. um, my real parents actually passed away when I was young. Like I spent most of my childhood in Minnesota with my actual real parents. And I think it was around like four or five that I they passed away. Wow. And so then you were adopted like do you remember when you were adopted from when that happened to when you were adopted so i remember i was going from foster home to foster home and like i had very shitty foster homes how did you go from menifee to los angeles so actually i went from menifee to riverside i've moved all over the place Menifee to Riverside, Riverside to Th- Thousand Palms, Thousand Palms to Utah, and then Utah to Riverside again, and then Riverside to Los Angeles. And then I went to Utah because I got a chance to become a CNA. They were going to fly me out there. I was going to do certificates I got to live on while I learned. And so I was like, hey, that's a good opportunity. Like that was not a good decision because the people there were like extremely fucked up. The- At the CNA, so so wait, I'm sorry. There's it's complex. So I want to understand, right? It's very very complex. <laughs> okay, so from when your dad kicked you out to then you met, you went to a shelter. You met Jeanette, right? Is that right? Jeanette. Yeah. And and then where were you living during all that time in the shelter? In or? the homeless shelter. In the homeless Actually, shelter. I- was living in a homeless shelter. People there weren't that bad. Like, I don't really think I've had any problems, but I was like the youngest one there. And that's in Riverside? Yeah, that was in Riverside. So did you mainly live in shelters at that point when you were... Um, I had services from what was called the Stepping Stones. I was Mm -hmm. like the kind of the drop-in center type place around in Riverside and the Mm -hmm. like... And these people contacted me and they're like, hey, we can put you a part of a program where we can get you an apartment. You can go to school, get your, finish your diploma. And I was like, all right, like, I want to do that. Because I needed to get, I, what I was told was you can either be going to school or getting a job. Mm-hmm. And I was actually supposed to do both. I was only doing one and they're like, hey, you know, you got to get a job in this amount of time frame. I looked for a job, could not get one. They're like, sorry, we can't house you anymore. We got to kick you out. Yeah. Wow. And did you get your GED yet or no? Uh, right now I have my high school diploma. So, um, all right. So then the CNA, what's CNA stand for again? Uh, certified nurse assistant. Certified nurse assistant. So you went to Utah to do the program there and the program didn't work out because the people there were... Yeah, uh, the program itself was super amazing. My teacher was super nice. She had a lot of understanding about the situation that I was going through. But 
the living situation there was very toxic. Is that something you really wanted to do or was that just that it seemed like an opportunity? I've had a lot of different things I wanted to do. Like at one point I wanted to be a welder. At one point I wanted to do a doctor. Like, but now I'm, there's something that I'm actually interested in. I actually want to be a animator. I want to be able to create stuff because I have a lot of colorful ideas in my head. Like I have a friend since I think sixth grade, this friend was, I know this friend for, and me and him have a lot of cool ideas. We come up with like superhero type characters um, with complex backstories and complete worlds. And I would really love to be able to like animate that. One of my comic series that I've actually done is Fat Alex. So they're very inappropriate comics. So if they're not for children. <laughs> is this the one? Uh, so is that what Gail told me about Fat Alex? Where is it? Yeah, some... That's probably what she told you about. So I told Alex or I told Angel. And I was like, yeah. So one of the things that I did when I was a kid would be I would make comics. And me and my, I had a friend, Riley, he was like super chubby and super fat. And so I was like, I came up with an idea and I showed it to him. And he laughed and he thought it was funny. And he was like, hey, you know, we should work on this together. And I'm like, sure, let's do that. And we got in so much trouble. I remember my uncle, who's like a real technology whiz, he made up, uh, he made a website for us that we can post them on. And what we would do is we would print out the comics in school and hand them out to people and everyone would get like, they would laugh. They would find it completely funny, except for some of the females, they would, you know, get on our case and report us to the office. And we regularly got suspended over it, but. So this was still in high school when you were, this is when you, in high school when you were doing this and and it got some kind of some play, right? Like, didn't you guys get the, the, Gail was telling me that it, it hit viral and you. Oh yeah. I didn't even notice that. Actually what I did was when I posted them on the, I actually, I made sure every single one had our website on it. And I'm like, okay, well I left it alone for years on end. And then I was telling Angel that I created what that was like my child. And I put so much effort and energy into making them. And he looked them up and he's like, you know, this is like, this is still a thing, right? This is still relevant. People are just, I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) And I looked it up and I'm like, that is cool. So. So you went, so it seems like there was a time when you were all over the place you didn't have your GED yet, right? And you were obviously still kind of recovering from the traumas that you had. But now it looks like you're on your way to stability. So what was the catalyst for that? Like, what was the thing that that made things change for you? Ooh, I would, I'm going to be honest, it was breaking up with Janetta. That was really the thing that made me want to be a better person. Um, because when we met, she, she was very, very sweet. She, I don't think she's ever yelled at me. She never actually judged me. She listened to every word I say, and it was like a picture perfect relationship. But later when I started suppressing all my feelings and everything that was going on, we would fight and when she broke up with me, I was like, wow. Um, I based my entirety of who I was upon her. 
And I was like, well, who am I? So I kind of built myself up from that. Yeah. So that's a that's an irony, right? It's because when you first met her, she was the thing that saved you. And then your breakup with her is the thing that moved you forward. Is yeah, right? it's kind of, it is kind of frustrating. I'm not going to lie because mm-hmm. she's, but she has played a big part in my life and I wouldn't change it for anything. So, so I know that you are further along in your journey than, than you were like you're in a stable place because the housing that you're in, they don't give it to you unless you're in that stable place. Definitely. Right? Definitely. Yeah. So do you feel stronger now than you were feeling before? Like, do you feel? No, I'm kind of, how do I say this? I'm a little bit scared um, because the whole COVID thing, I actually lost my job over COVID. I was working as a security guard. Um, I worked at many different places, Verizon. Um, I worked at a school at one point. And right now, actually, I think I'm just about to do training for a different job. I don't know where I'm going to work yet, but it's actually another program that I'm in. So, um, Another program through the Village Family Services or through something through different? Through Goodwill. Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot to digest, and I'm you know I can't even imagine how it must be for you to be going through all of this and sorting it all out. Yeah, it's definitely um, rough. I'm I'm a lot different than I used to be. Like back then, I used to be so angry and just lash out at anyone I could. Um, mm-hmm. But now I'm more. It's like I'm just more mature. Like the longer I'm in, the more like I just understand that some things in life aren't going to be easy. Got to deal with it cool-headedly, or it's not going to end up well. Wow! So you're on your way, then. Mm-hmm. You're on your way to a better, a better way of life. Huh? Yeah. How is COVID affecting your social anxiety? Do you oh, think? it's definitely not helping. Being here is very horrible because the only person I technically talk to is Janetta, and she lives down in Riverside. And I can't go down and hang out with her because, you know, I don't have, number one, the funds or the the ability to do because of COVID. Um, hmm. So if we were to do your episode, what would you like to express? Let's take it that first and then we'll figure out how you'd like to express it. There are probably a lot of people like me, people who have social anxiety, trouble talking to other people. Uh, that's why I want to have it based off like social anxiety because Mm -hmm. there's so many people like myself that need Mm -hmm. someone to come along them and just make life inherently better because it's really hard to make new friends and hard to just kind of be an adult when you're like me because you know it's not normal you have a hard time talking to people because of whatever reason, your past, um, different issues. Like I, I want a place that people can feel like they can make new friends or some, hmm. like something, something along that lines. 
So how does like the social anxiety, how does that manifest in your head? Like when you're when you're just talking and you're and we're just having a conversation, what is it something is it like nervousness? Is it like lack of self-esteem? Like what what is it social that anxiety presents for itself? Me when I talk to people is I repeat myself very, very often. I kind of like a stutter, but not a stutter. Um, I get anxiety, like my heart beats really, really fast and it makes me hard. Like I secretly think they're judging me. Like, but even though I really know they're not, it's not like they'll, because they don't even know who I am. So it makes it really right. hard for me to make new friends. I feel like the basis of social anxiety is normally just people stuck in their head. Inside our brains, there's kind of like everything that worries us, like our fears, our stuff that prevents us from being normal. And it would be really cool if like, we would get kind of a look into how we are. And every single day, like we're trying to fight just to be normal. Survival, fighting, trying to make sure that we're okay. And like, it would be cool to have like two different, two different like view sets. Like, the person of a whole, like what they're going through and what what's going on inside their brain. Like, for example, mm. anxiety could be like just having earthquakes or something, trying to survive an earthquake or a natural disaster. Going kind of like having people judgment could be like surviving a zombie apocalypse because that's that's kind of how it feels. Because it feels like you're the only person there and everyone else is just dead. Like you're trying to survive. So I think that would be something really cool. Like, I don't know. I think that's great. That's a really great analogy to what that feeling is, you know? All right. So last thing before we close up, is there like uh, anything that you would like people to know? When people judge, it does more harm than good. Like we just want to be normal. We want to be viewed at as someone who just needs a little extra help. We can't help who we are. We can't help how we act. But you can. You can be in charge of how you treat us. So that's technically it. <laughs> that's beautiful. All right. Well, it was so nice to meet you, Christopher, nice and I, I really appreciate you. I really appreciate you being so open and being so willing to talk. I know that a lot of those things are not easy, and we'll talk soon. And uh, I hope you like what we come up with. <laughs> I can't wait to work on the episode. I think it's going to be really great. Yeah, definitely. All right. <laughs> Goodbye. All right. Bye. Anxiety is our own private earthquake. That's another kind of deep. I can't wait for Christopher to create his episode. We're rooting for you, Christopher. Our theme song is True by Haunted Horses NYC. Visit us at connectpod.net and keep up with us on Instagram. We are so happy to be here and to become a part of the KPFK family. Please donate if you can to help keep listener-supported radio alive at kpfk.org. And thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>